What's going on, everybody? I wanted to um, take a quick minute and jot down some thoughts as they are fresh in my mind. Uh, the title of this podcast is "Am I Prejudiced?" Question mark. So let me caveat here and explain uh, what this is about. By the way, if you ever want to support the podcast and get some really awesome free stuff, head over to patreon.com forward slash KJ52. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash KJ52 and uh, and be a part of that community. I'm getting ready to launch some brand new stuff over there that I think you'll definitely be excited about. But anyway, the title of my podcast today is Am I Prejudiced? Question mark. Now, I know some of y'all be like, dude, there's no way KJ is prejudiced because in your mind, immediately where you go is you're thinking ethnically, right? Um, but even if we break down the word prejudice, the word prejudice means to prejudge, to have a prejudgment about somebody um, based on maybe experience or ignorance or fear or a ton of other things that are not good or presupposition feelings and things like that. Um, so let me set the stage of what I'm talking about here. I uh, just recently went to a conference. It was a church conference. I went there with my church. Um, went there for the first time going to a conference on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, for years, I've been, like, the music guy at the conference or the performer or the speaker or combination of all that. To be somebody who sits in the audience, you know, to learn is uh, is a brand new experience for me. But it was a, it was amazing amazing trip, um, cool to kind of see the other side, and uh, I got a lot out of it as it regards to, you know, my church position and stuff like that, so here's the deal, um, I kind of, you know, just to be transparent, went into the conference with a little bit of, uh, I don't know, I just had a little bit of, I don't know if I had the best attitude going into it, nothing, I wasn't like, grumpy or hard to deal with or anything like that. I think I just had presuppositional thoughts in my head going into this conference like, ah, I hope this has something, you know, I'm, I'm a person that's very productive, so like if I feel like I'm at something that's not being productive of my time or is not something that I can learn from, um, you know, I get a little tight about it. And so, you know, I had some little skepticism, so to speak. And, um, and, and the reality was I got tons out of it, I got tons out of it, in fact, a funny situation happened, uh, I almost got, uh, yanked by security, (laughs) and, you know, I've had a few run-ins with police officers and security over the years, and more often than not, they have not gone well, if you've read my previous book, what happened was, I talk about getting put on the gang file, um, mainly because I pride myself on, always handling myself correctly, you know what I mean, like, I pride myself on being in the right, and if for some reason it is inferred that I am not, you know, I defend my position hardcore, well, I happened to be walking, and a security guy came up to me, I didn't realize at first he was security, because he was plain clothes, uh, and he said, hey, you know, can I help you with something, and I'm like, nah, I'm good, I was just killing time, and he goes, uh, what's your name, and I was like, da 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 he goes, what church you with? Da, 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 da. And now I realize he's got me, he's leading me with questions for a reason. So immediately my defenses go up. He said, uh, you know, um, you know, are you heading over to the senior pastor spot? I was like, no, I'm not a senior pastor. And he goes, okay. Because apparently I was walking towards this area that was for senior pastors only. And um, like I said, I was just killing time in a space. 
So now I'm starting to feel a little bit type of way, you know, like, obviously you are targeting me for some reason out of all the people here, because it was like thousands at this conference. And, uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't react. I just was like, okay, you know, thank you, man. I'm going to go use the bathroom. And I, I went in the bathroom and I splashed water on my face and I realized I looked very tired. And I thought, you know, I started to get a little bit in my feels, so to speak, like getting a little angry, you know, a little feeling some type of way about being singled out and shook down because I looked suspicious because I really literally was not in a place I shouldn't have been. Um, I was not doing anything wrong. Right. So I'm like, why do they target me out of all these people here? And, and I just thought, you know what, this can be a teachable moment if I, if I handle this correctly. And so I went back to the, I found the security guy and I went back to him and I just walked up to him and I said, Hey man, you know, I was just curious why you singled me out out of all the people here, out of the thousands that are here. Why did you think I was suspicious? And, you know, that can kind of be an attacking statement. Um, you know, and we live in a world where we are always on the attack and the defense, right? And I said, before you answer, I said, let me just explain. I said, I'm actually, my church position is over people like you. Like, I'm in charge of volunteers. And I need to know why you as a security person felt I posed a threat uh, because I need to know how to educate and train my security people to recognize the threats and things like that. So I could have gone at him like, hey man, why are you targeting me? Why are you profiling me? Right? Or I could go, okay, maybe there's something I can learn from this that I can pass on. Okay. And immediately his guard came down and he's like, oh, well, I'm a plain clothes, you know, I'm under, I'm paid on staff here. And he goes, he goes, a woman saw you walking by, you didn't have your lanyard on and that looks suspicious. So I was told to go, you know, to go and, uh, to go and talk to you. And I was not wearing my lanyard. Now, the thing was, it wasn't like you had to wear your lanyard. I just didn't, I don't like wearing lanyards, right? Um, and there was other people not wearing it. So there was something about me that looked suspicious beyond the fact that I didn't have my lanyard. And he's, you know, he kind of alluded to the fact that I was one of the few people carrying a large backpack and, you know, how at this very large church, they were about to eliminate the backpacks. You can't bring backpacks in. It's just like going into an arena. You can't bring backpacks in anymore at most arenas. And so I got to talk to him and I'll be honest with you. I learned more in that 20 minutes of talking to that security guy than I learned in some of my conference breakout sessions. And the reason being is that the beauty was this guy was not attacking in his statements. He wasn't trying to like, and he, and he certain wasn't like, you need to put your lanyard on, man. You know what I mean? And I, cause if he would have told me to put my lanyard on, I would have been like, nah, I'm not putting it on. I don't have to put it on. You know? And then this would have been an escalating fight. He never did that. He got the information out of me. Never once did it turn into like a chest beating alpha male contest. Um, but he also handled it in a way that was assertive. So the point was, I knew that I could learn something from him and he just shared a ton of knowledge. So the point was, you know, I was already in sort of a, you know, a mindset there, right? That probably wasn't exactly what it was. The first day of the conference, I'm look, I'm looking around and the funny thing is there's now a percentage of pastors, probably millennial pastors and you know, somewhere in that age and actually going up into Gen X pastors and maybe even some boomer pastors. Like there's this new movement of pastors who wear, for lack of a better term, wear streetwear, um, you know, sneakers, you know, a jean jacket, 
um, you know, maybe some sort of like branded shirt and skinny jeans, right? And I'm looking around and I'm like going, when did this all change with pastors, right? Because again, I'm kind of new back in this world again. And, you know, back when I was a youth pastor and back when I was like, you know, doing XYZ, like I was the only guy that was dressing like that when I started out, right? Like we were darn near getting thrown out of churches for dressing like that, right? I don't remember any pastors ever wearing sneakers, you know? And I wasn't intentionally just trying to look streetwear. It just was a reflection of who I was and the culture of where I was from. And, right, like you had to like, especially as a white boy, you had to earn the right to dress that way, right? You had to earn the right to look that way. You had to earn the right to be a part of that tribe. And there was a paying of dues process. And again, I'm just sharing my story. Like, as a white dude, you know, when you were dressing black, so to speak, I'm, I'm using very general terms here, like you had to commit to that outfit because dudes would test you or you would get made fun of or, you know, like you would get stereotyped a certain way. You know what I mean? And truth is, like, I was one of the few people that I could ever remember looking like that back when I started, right? Certainly wasn't mainstream culture in the church world certainly wasn't mainstream culture in the pastor world like to be a pastor when I started off is like you better be suited and booted you know what I mean like that was the look so I'm gonna be transparent with you I feel a certain way about these middle-aged pastors and even the younger ones like only if they're white right (laughs) I feel a certain type of way about them rocking $500 sneakers in the pulpit you know or like wearing streetwear brands that they know nothing about. Like, to me, clothing isn't just clothing. It's a culture. You know what I mean? Like, I got into streetwear all the way back when streetwear became a thing. You know, when Stussy was, like, pioneering streetwear. And, like, Supreme was a skateboard brand. You know, and, like, Nike wasn't just athletic shoes. Like, Nike Uptowns was a thing. Like, I know my history on sneakers and culture and clothing and why certain people wore what they wore and why, you know, black and brown people created these clothing looks out of necessity and out of like having nothing, right? So I know all this, like I've paid my dues, I know my history, I've earned the right to dress that way. And honestly, it's the funny thing is now that I'm back in the church world, I'm really actually dressing oppositely. Like I'm tending to dress a little more up because I've spent years dressing down, you know? And so here I am, you know, I'm now the middle-aged pastor that, like, when I see these other guys dressing like that, I immediately, again, I'm saying the white guys, I immediately cop an attitude, right? I already start judging them. I already, you know, feel like I want to school them. Like, back in the day, we used to call it show and prove. Like, if you pick the position or a look or a culture vibe, like, you had to show and prove about that look that you better know your history or you're going to you will get tested. But I'm seeing all these guys walking around like I'm not saying all the pastors were dressed like this, but I see, you know, this percentage of pastors dressed like that. You know, it's like a look. It's like the off-white sneaks with maybe some harachis, you know, the pant leg rolled up, the jean jacket, maybe a trucker hat. Like it's it's basically like a look that Rich Wilkerson, Chad Beach, and Carl Lentz 
have all kind of like made that a look. And so when you got guys that are part of that vibe, that tribe, they want to dress like their tribal leader, which I get. But I'm in my feels, you know, at at the conference. I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, come on, man, you know. And uh, a guy got up and spoke the first night. His name was um, uh, Miles McPherson. And his whole message was something called the third option. And he was very much talking about things from a ethnic perspective. You know, he was talking about in-groups, meaning we all have an in-group. And our in-group is the right group. And we think everyone that's not in our in-group is not the right group. And he talked about Joshua and how Joshua met the commander of the army of the Lord right before he was going to go to battle. And he said, hey, you know, are you with us or are you against us? You know, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies? And the commander of the Lord said, neither. He said, I'm, I'm the uh, commander of the Lord's armies. And Miles' position on this whole thing was that there is a third option. That the third option isn't me versus you or us versus them. The third option is um, God's perspective on the whole thing. That God is actually... It's hard to say this, you know, because some people are going to freak out. God is... For the Democrat, the Republican, the black, the white, you know, that ultimately his bigger picture is the ultimate end game, right? Which is hard to say because we as human beings are very tribal. We in the church world, even more tribal. And as he's sharing this, and I know his angle, his angle is ethnically. That's what he's talking about. And I'm almost sitting here patting myself on the back like, you know, Never have I ever been prejudiced against any one ethnic group. You know, I'm from the hip-hop culture. Like, you know, I'm a woke white boy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm patting myself on the back for how uh, ethnically inclusive I am and X, Y, Z, right? And I'm not, I'm, like, nah, I'm not like these other pastors. They got to be taken to task about this, you know, and I'm thinking about this. And immediately I started thinking, but wait a minute. The truth is I'm prejudiced against people who are exactly like me. Meaning, you know, if you look, if you look at the history of white boy rappers, you know, just in the mainstream, you'll always see white boy rappers fighting for that little spot. And they always tend to be skeptical of other people that are exactly like him, exactly like them. And it's true. Like back in the day when you were like the only down white boy, like you looked sideways at the other white guy. Because you're like, man, I'm the only one that should have the hood pass and et cetera, et cetera. And I thought about all this as I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm like, you know what? I've been judging these guys, these younger dudes, or even these guys that are my age. I've been judging them over the clothes they wear. Which me of all people who fought, you know, for for hip-hop to be in the church for so long, now that hip-hop culture has become mainstream culture, now all of a sudden I don't want anyone else to be a part of it, right? And I'm looking around at these guys and I'm like, you know, God forgive me because the reality is those guys that I have been excluding because they're not in my group, they're not as down as I am. And it's funny thing is I don't think of this about like a Hispanic guy dressing like that. I I don't feel this way about a black guy dressing like that. It's only other white dudes, right? And um, like as if I'm justified to judge my own exact same ethnic tone or whatever. 
and I thought about that, and I was like, you know, the reality is they are um, Imago Dei. They are the image of God as much as I am. And, and, and you know what? Maybe there is some truth in what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, dude, like you're just dressing like that because the guy you like dresses like that. And you know nothing of the culture. And the reality is me as an older head, like I sort of have a responsibility to take the younger guys and lovingly educate them and school them. Not in like a judgmental way, like get off my porch, but like in a way that helps them know the history and understand. And and the reality is build common connection over that stuff, right? I just came back from a, a youth retreat. And it's funny, like I have really deep conversations with teenagers now about sneakers. You know what I mean? Like these young boys, like they know their sneakers, right? And it's funny, me as like a guy that, you know, I'm old enough to be their dad easily, um, that we can have like really deep conversations about sneaks. And it's like, it's actually kind of cool to talk to teenagers like with this thing that I never used to talk to anybody about, sneaker culture or whatever. But here I am judging the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings for 40-somethings for dressing that way. The point is, here's the deal. I knew I was wrong. And I remember the next day, I said, I remember seeing like one of that group of guys kind of huddled up, dressed like that. And I said, you know what, man, I'm going to go out of my way to compliment them because that's really where um, we're to encourage each other in the body of Christ. Um, and so I just kind of popped in the group real quick and I said, hey, I don't know what church you're with, uh, but I just want to say you guys, your sneaker game is on point. And they kind of were like startled and you see this big smile come over their face and they were like, oh, OK, thank you. You know, and the funny thing is one of the guys turned and looked at me, he goes, yeah, man, I was peeping out your Air Maxes yesterday and I, went, I meant to say something because, you know, like I still, you know, I love Air Maxes. Like that's my sneaker. That's my go-to sneaker. But the point was, here we are kind of looking at each other standoffish. It's like two kids on the playground, like I ain't going to go talk to him. And the other guy's going, I ain't going to go talk to him. And then the reality was like, we both love Apple Jacks or something. The point is, I realized I was prejudiced. And the reality is we all probably are in some way, shape or fashion. And some of the prejudice can be, it, it can have its place. Like if you're talking like a young woman walking in a dark alley and some people are coming, some, some, some men of whatever ethnicity are coming towards them in a dark alley, you're darn right. You got a right to feel prejudiced about that. You know what I mean? You should prejudge that situation. There are times where prejudices are justified. Um, but if we walk around in a constant state of judgment and prejudice towards people, you know what I mean? We're going to really miss out. We're going to miss out on what I call the cultural exchange. And love always hopes, love always perseveres. And, you know, anyway, it was just something I thought about, um, something that God's working on my heart, and uh, something that I thought maybe you guys might be uh, interested in looking at your own life about. All right? Have a great Tuesday.